0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey guys, what is up? Steven here doing another quick off-season video for you. Uh, Today, talking about possible cut and trade candidates. I know this is an exciting part of free agency. Uh, So I scoured, (laughs) spent multiple hours on Over the Caps website, trying to come up with some possible uh, trade and cut candidates that could potentially uh, be targets for the Chargers. There are, of course, a lot of other cut candidates, trade candidates that I feel like other people can get into. I specifically wanted to hone this in to the Chargers. So I have this separated uh, into trade candidates and then cut candidates with coaching connections built in, uh, then cut candidates without uh, coaching connections. So, of course, there are, like I said, there are uh, so many cut candidates out there, depending on which team has X amount of cap space and not. So I tried to at least make this like viable, make this group legitimately viable targets for the Chargers as opposed to just throwing out, you know, whoever, <laughs> the, like, you know, Michael Thomas is not coming to the Chargers. I mean, maybe he is, I don't know, but feels unlikely. So I, I felt I wanted to use some uh, deduction uh, ability and be able to figure out some legitimately viable uh, targets for the Chargers. Um, and so that is today's topic. And I can't wait to get in there before I do want to give a quick shout out to our guy Quest Designs. Uh, of course, he is the man behind the GAC stickers. So be sure to follow him. You know, he is a great person to follow on Twitter. He is a Chargers fan that really helped us out uh, in that regard. So the, the link to Quest website is going to be on here. Uh, if you're a fan of a team other than the Chargers, Quest has other great stickers that you can check out really does some great work. Uh, I've got a couple of stickers uh, laying around the house, one on my laptop here, and then one, of course, on my uh, Hydro hydroflask. So uh, check out Quest Design if you use the code GUILTY10 in all caps. Again, that's GUILTY10 in all caps. Uh, you can use that code at checkout for 10% off your order. So please go check out Quest using the link below in the description. That being said, uh, let's get into this. I think this is going to be a fun discussion. So let me share my screen. I do have a fancy schmancy uh, <laughs> Google slide, if you will. So again, this is our off-season series, Guilty as Charged podcast. Check us out on Twitter, social media, Instagram, YouTube, as you're watching this right now. And uh, make sure to check out our audio series as well on any podcast platform of your choice. All right. So first and foremost, I have trade candidates. And so um, this is a really interesting list, two players that have coaching connections and one that doesn't. So uh, first and foremost is Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, formerly of the Raiders and currently Chicago Bears edge rusher. Uh, of course, that is where Brandon Staley spent uh, a couple seasons under Vic Vangio and Jay Rogers was there as well. And both of those guys were position coaches for Khalil Mack. So uh, mac of course signed a monster extension a few seasons ago he has a 30 million dollar cap hit however the bears can save 17.75 million dollars by trading him after june 1st so this is the only scenario for cleo mac they're they're not going to trade him pre-june 1st it doesn't really save them much money at all it has to be post june 1st so um this is a a trade that i feel like makes a lot of sense for the chargers if they are all in of course they would take on the 13 million or 12.25 million dollars make sure my math is correct there uh to take on khalil Mack's contract so it makes a lot of sense for the chargers it makes a lot of sense for the bears as they head into this um transitional phase of their own you know i don't know if Matt Eberthus looks at Cleo Mack and thinks he's still the same player. I don't know if he looks at him and thinks he is still a foundational piece for that roster. He's clearly lost a step. Um, His production has not been the same this past season, of course, uh, had a foot injury that ended his season. Um, But before he got injured, his production was not exactly, you know, Cleo Mack that we are used to seeing. Um, 2020 was not particularly great either for him. So I think this makes a lot of sense for the Bears in terms of he's not the player that he used to be. It can save us a really good amount of money uh, post June 1st, like I mentioned. And of course, you know there is the connection that the charters have, both because of Staley and because of Jay Rogers. All right, so the next one uh, is Xavier Howard, a player that I feel like has been in the trade talk market every single year over the last three years. I mean, he's a fantastic player um you know one of the best cornerbacks in the league of course uh aided by byron jones down there but i mean Xavier howard's ball skills are elite and he continues to produce high numbers of interceptions and pass breakups so that is another uh situation that of course is tbd they do not have a head coach right now and uh of course brian flores is uh suing them because of their owner steven ross so Maybe Xavier Howard wants out again, you know, primarily it, it was rumored that he wanted out due to a contract. Maybe he's just kind of sick of the turnover in Miami and and does the decide to demand a uh, a, a trade again. So uh, Xavier Howard has a $16 million cap number for 2022. Uh, the Dolphins would save $9 million by trading him pre June 1st. So uh, that number actually goes up to $13 million after June 1st so uh, he's a prime trade candidate of course cutting him uh, like I have here would save them six million dollars that's not really something that I feel like teams are interested in but saving nine million dollars and potentially saving 13 million dollars makes a lot of sense especially if they're really all in on building around Tua I mean their offensive line was atrocious last year they had three players all in the top 10 in terms of total pressures allowed They don't have any good running backs. They have Mike Gasicki, and that's really about it in terms of weapons outside of Jalen Waddell, of course. So if they wanted to save some money, get some draft capital, and be able to really support Tua on offense, I think trading Xavier Howard makes sense. The money makes sense. And as I have here, Ronaldo Hill uh, actually was his position coach in 2018. Shane Day, the quarterback's coach for the Chargers, was on that staff as well on offense. Um, and they run a similar scheme in terms of the variety of coverages that the Dolphins do so it makes a lot of sense on paper for the Dolphins It definitely makes sense for the Chargers to add a player like him I think cornerback is a sneaky need right now and it's right as of now it's something that I'm targeting in the first or second round uh, to be able to you know shore up the secondary which I think is a huge need after watching what happened last season so uh, makes sense for the Dolphins on paper in terms of uh, saving some money makes sense for the Chargers uh, it, to me it feels like this could could work out um, Grady Jarrett is the other one that I have on here uh, of course has a massive extension himself he has a 23.83 million dollar cap number this season the Falcons are in cap hell I think Matt Ryan has a 48 million dollar cap it They have essentially zero cap space to be able to support him. You know, their offensive line similar to the Dolphins was also atrocious Um, and they could be the best team in the NFC South. So, you know, it's a weird dynamic down there for sure. He is a potential cut candidate. He is a potential trade candidate. Um, The Falcons are potentially looking to extend him to lower that cap hit um, according to the athletic, but they could save $16 million by moving off of him regardless of trade or cut. So, I mean, obviously you don't want to give away Grady Jarrett for free. He's too good of a player for that. Um, But if the chargers do lose out on Justin Jones or don't want him back, I mean, Grady Jarrett is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. He's a foundational piece of a defense. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's played a ton in three, four schemes, but, I mean, if a player like Grady Jarrett becomes available, uh, I think you have to take that swing. So there's a little buzz here in terms of potentially him being on the market, perhaps not as much as Khalil Mack and Xavier Howard that there that there has been and potentially will be this offseason. But if Grady Jarrett is on the market, I feel like you got to take that call or make that call rather. Uh, And I think he would be a fantastic fit next to Joey Bosa. All right, next I have some cut candidates with connections to the Chargers. Of course, um, I don't know if you can see this. I have this picture of Zadarius and Preston Smith right there. Uh, so they're both going to be mentioned here, <laughs> of course. We know how the Chargers have that affinity for the Green Bay Packers. And first and foremost, Preston Smith. Uh, he has a million million cap number this season. The Packers would save $12.47 million by moving off of him. Regardless of trade or cut, um, the connection to the coaching staff is loose, but uh, Shane Day was on the coaching staff as an offensive line coach. Uh, so there was bound to be some interaction there uh, in Washington when Preston Smith was drafted. So it feels like right now Zadarius and more on him in a second, but it feels like Zadarius is the more likely cut candidate. Um, it sounds like they potentially could rework Preston's contract to lower that cap hit of course uh but we'll see there's going to be some kind of interaction or transaction rather with Preston Smith it just kind of depends what um so the next on here is Eddie Goldman of course you saw a picture of him on the first slide he has a 11.67 million dollar cap number he is of course their nose tackle big beefy nose tackle uh, the Bears would save $6.6 million by cutting him pre-June 1st or 8.86 post-June 1st. So um, as mentioned, you know, Matt Eberflus is going to come in there and he's going to be running a 4-3 scheme. You don't really see a 3-4 nose tackle like Eddie Goldman in those schemes. So to me, this is essentially a no-brainer cut. Um, you know, of course, being in Chicago, he uh, has that connection to Brandon Staley and Jay Rogers. His best season statistically was when Brandon Staley had his last season in Chicago. Eddie Goldman actually made the Pro Bowl that year, believe it or not. Um, but there is a little bit of injury and age concern. He did opt out of the 2020 season, much like uh, many other players. And and he was okay this season. He was definitely not Pro Bowl Eddie Goldman. But uh, there is smoke there, right? Because of the, the coaching connection, the Chargers need to uh, – find a solution to that contract. So or not position, excuse me. So if Eddie Goldman is willing to take a kind of one year contract, I think it it merits consideration, at least because he is one of you know quote unquote Staley's guys. And I think you know there is enough scheme familiarity familiar familiarity, excuse me, and position fit and scheme fit that that could make some sense. Uh the next one, perhaps a little bit of a long shot, that is Von Bell, the safety for the Bengals. Uh, of course, uh, I made this list and prepared this video before uh, Von Bell had an interception against the Chiefs <laughs> to seal their trip to the Super Bowl. Um, still, I-, I think it could make some sense. He is getting up there in age. He has a seven point four eight million dollar cap hit. The Bengals would save, however, six point four eight by cutting him pre June first. So maybe it might not make sense in terms of like the locker room, but it makes a ton of sense for the Bengals in terms of their cap sheet. They're not necessarily strapped for cash. They, ha- they do have cap space in a healthy situation. But they have some young players coming up here that need extensions, including Jesse Bates, uh, who really made that play to allow Von Bell to have that interception. Um, you know, again, Joe Mixon is due for a, a contract extension or, or rather has a larger cap hit next year. So they have some young players, including the receivers, you know, down the road. So if they decided to move on from Von Bell, I would not be all that surprised. Um, you know, they have also their cornerbacks are free agents this year. Chidobi Uwuzi, I think is a free agent or Mike Hilton, one of them. So again, perhaps not a viable, you know, as viable as Eddie Goldman or, or some of the other players on here, but it makes a lot of sense for them to do that on paper. And the Chargers do have various connections to Bell because of his time with the Saints, uh, Joe Lombardi, uh, Frank Smith and Michael Wilhite were all uh, on the coaching staff for the Saints during Von Bill's tenure there uh, so something to keep an eye on for sure um, but again if he has like an amazing Super Bowl performance then I doubt it but we'll see um, all right next one here if I can get this going there we go all right so this is, these are cut candidates without coaching connections Uh, First and foremost is Trey Flowers, pictured here in the bottom right. Uh, He has a $23 million cap number for the Detroit Lions in 2022. The Lions would save $10.38 million by cutting him pre-June 1st or $12 million by trading him post-June 1st. That is a typo there, so excuse me for that error. Um, A post-June 1st cut saves them... Oh, excuse me, I totally read this wrong. That is my fault. So it's uh, the Lions saved $10.3 million by cutting him pre-June 1st or $12 million by trading him pre-June 1st. A post-June 1st cut saves them $16 million and a post-June 1st trade saves them $17.625 million. So again, excuse me for the mistakes there. But I would be shocked if Trey Flowers were on the Lions next year. They have Charles Harris, who finished number one in my composite Edge Rusher ranking videos. Uh, He is a free agent. They have Julian and Romeo O'Quara, both young players, brothers, of course, who have had, you know, breakout seasons. And then it feels like they're going to draft Hutchinson. Like I said, Hutchinson incoming. So I would be shocked if Trey Flowers were on the roster for the Lions next year. It's just a matter of, of potentially how much money do they want to save? How much risk do they want to take? Because Trey Flowers would not really have a ton of trade value right now. Maybe a late round pick, but then you're asking a team to take on the rest of his contract, which I do not think would be a smart move Like for a team like the Chargers, for a team like somebody else, because he's been injured a lot the last two seasons. He has not played a full season since 2019. Um, and of course, I know some of you are going to say, oh, a player with injury history, like stay away from the Chargers. But the Chargers need a solution at edge rusher three. They need one. Whether that is drafting somebody or signing somebody, of course there are uh, various options that they could go through. But who knows if a Jadavian Clowney actually hits free agency, or somebody of that, you know, Von Miller could re- could sign an extension. I mean, he's had a great playoff run. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl, so you never really know. But Trey Fowler feels like he's headed to free agency uh, almost regardless, and so. Does he make sense as your number one or number two edge rusher? No, probably not. But you replace Kyler Fackrell with Trey Flowers and his skill set. That's something that I would consider. Again, he's played in a 3-4 scheme almost his entire career outside of these last couple seasons in Detroit or outside of this season in Detroit because the Lions run a 4-3 now with Dan Campbell. But there's a lot of scheme familiarity there, of course, from his days with the Patriots. Um, and like, of course, recently with the lions, but the thing that attracts me to Trey flowers the most is that he is incredible against the run. Like even recently, despite his injuries, he has been producing at a very, very high level as a run defender. And that's at least more than Kyler Fackrell. And so if you have confidence that the coaching staff could potentially get the most out of him again. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense to sign him to a one-year deal, one-year prove-it deal. I don't think he would cost all that much. And again, like at the very least, you're getting a very positive run defender on the edge outside of Uchenna Wosu and Joey Bosa. So this gives you some options. And like I said, there's no, there's no guarantee that these other edge-rushing free agents actually hit free agency. So Trey Flowers is going to be on the market would be shocked otherwise. And I think it makes some sense. Like I really do. Um, but again, there is injury concern there and he is getting up there in age. I think he will be 29 by the time next season starts. So, but if you're signing him for cheap, I think that makes a lot of sense. The other one, uh, of course, is Adarius Darius Smith. I'd be shocked if he were on the Packers next year as well. He has a 27.66 million dollar cap number. The Packers would save 15.28 million dollars by moving off of him regardless of trade cut or date um uh if you listen to tyler's video with mike Koamo he said that there was reportedly some beef between zadarius and matt lafleur uh and as we've seen on twitter and instagram zadarius has already posted goodbye like he's out <laughs> so i think this was this one is definitely someone that is going to be on the market um the issue again He's a little older, a little bit more inconsistent. He only played 37 snaps this season due to injury. However, he's similar skill set to Trey Flowers. Big physical edge rusher that's been an outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme most of his career. Um, You know, he played for Joe Barry this year. I don't know if things went well there, but of course, Brandon Staley and Joe Barry are are very good friends. They're, They're buddies. So there is something there. Of course, the Chargers... Love former Packers players as we well know by now. And Zadarius, I think I would put him in a higher tier than Trey Flowers. I think, you know, there is injury concern from this year, but he looked really, really good in that uh, playoff game when he came back uh, a couple of weeks ago. So he's somebody that I think probably commands a bigger market than Trey Flowers, maybe potentially pricing his way out of the Chargers market, but. Again, if if the Chargers can make that work and they have the money to do it, then I think that's a no brainer. But that probably takes like a two, three year deal as opposed to Trey Flowers, who they could probably get for a one year cheap deal. Um, next one is Bradley Roby. I've mentioned him on Twitter before. Uh, currently of the New Orleans Saints, formerly of the Houston Texans and Denver Broncos. However, he missed uh, all the Saints connections and all the Broncos connections. Uh by a season. So Michael Wilhoyt, of course, in LA this season. This past season was Roby's only season in uh New Orleans, but he's gonna get cut. He has a 10.16 million dollar cap number. The Saints would save basically 90% of that contract by cutting him. You see the 9.49 number there. And like I mentioned, he missed Willhoyt and Staley uh in the various connections. So the slot market that's what Roby is. He is a slot corner the slot market is not great it is pretty ugly in terms of free agency Uh, as we talked about Chris Harris actually finished a top Tyler's composite free agent ranking in that category or I think he was second excuse me Um, so it's not great Roby has scheme familiarity he's more athletic than Chris Harris I think you're probably getting what you thought you were getting with Chris Harris in terms of ability I don't feel great about suggesting this but the Chargers have to do something. I would hate to rely on a rookie draft pick who's probably a day three draft pick to start there. I'm definitely not bringing Chris Harris back. I feel like Roby probably realizes realizes that this is his last chance. So in terms of free agent slot, I would probably put him and Bryce Callahan around the same level of, of like how much I would want them. But Roby doesn't have the injury history. Bryce Callahan does. So It's pros and cons there. Bryce Callahan also has several connections, of course, to this staff. He was in Denver and Chicago with Brandon Staley and in Denver with Ronaldo Hill. So Callahan kind of feels like a no-brainer to me at this point. But like I said, Roby has scheme familiarity. He doesn't bring the injury history. I feel like he would be cheap at this point because he had a disappointing season with the Saints. So again, that feels like pros and cons versus him and Bryce Callahan who feel like the two most likely free agent slots to end up in Los Angeles. The last one here is defensive tackle for Washington football team, Matt Ionidas. That is an I. So he has an $8.38 million cap number. The Washington football team, soon to be commanders, maybe, I don't know, uh, would save $6.88 million by cutting him pre-June 1st. So, again, that feels like a no-brainer if you have paid attention to the Washington football team. They have about eight first-round picks along the defensive line, uh, so I'd be pretty surprised if they kept Ionitis around. Um, they're in a decent cap situation, but, again, they have several extensions coming with those first-round picks. They need a quarterback. They need other things, so cutting him is an easy decision. He is not really uh, a, a huge scheme fit. Uh, from my understanding, He he's more of a three-technique or a one-technique, But I think he's a really solid veteran presence. I think he's much better than Christian Covington or Jerry Tillery against the run. Um, And I think I would be in favor of this. You know, he's been a captain for the Washington football team. He's, you know, showed some really good leadership there. Just a really solid presence along the defensive line that I think could benefit from a new situation and perhaps a larger role. Um, He's been semi-productive, nothing crazy. But like I said, he's just a solid, solid veteran and I think the Chargers need that frankly like the thing with the Chargers is that as soon as Linvaugh Joseph or Justin Jones went down they went from having good pieces to awful pieces so we just need to bridge that gap like we need solid veterans more than anything and I think Matt Ioannidis fits that bill all right so those are my connections or my candidates here again just going through the list Khalil Mack, Xavier Howard, Grady Jarrett you know, those are trade candidates. Uh, you know, I think those are legitimate pieces that could be available. So let me know what you think there. And then uh, cut candidates with coaching connections. You have Preston Smith, Eddie Goldman, Vaughn Bell to round out that list. And then uh, cut candidates without coaching connections. You have Trey Flowers, Zedaria Smith, Bradley Roby, Matt Ironida. So uh, let me know what you guys think. I uh, feel pretty good about this list. I feel like there's some good pieces here, a good balance. Uh, But let me know if you don't like somebody, if we really like somebody, if you have somebody else in mind, if you've scoured over over the caps website for uh, looming cut candidates like I did, uh, shoot me a comment, shoot me a message on Twitter, whatever you guys feel like, I'm always open. All right, that's going to do it for me. Uh, Please like and subscribe to our channel, comment. And like I mentioned, all that feedback is great for us. It really helps us grow the channel. So uh, we'll see you guys next time.